pitch for things that are, are going to be a really good fit and that really make sense. And then also are going to help you because even like the essential oil, when I was like, even if I got mentioned in this article, like what would I do with that? Again, that's not a part of my brand. You're listening to the Freelance Friday Podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James. Whether you're ready to launch the side hustle you've been dreaming about, working to double your freelance income and go full-time, or just seeking inspiration from some of the smart, innovative folks I know, you're in the right place. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I'm your host, Latasha James, and today I wanna talk to you about social proof. Social proof is something that is so important, especially if you're a service provider. It is uh, really important to getting new clients, getting people to understand what it is that you deliver and how well you actually do it. So let's start by defining it, shall we? According to Wikipedia, a very scholarly source, uh, social proof is a psychological and social phenomenon wherein people copy the actions of others in an attempt to undertake behavior in a given situation. The term was coined by Robert Cialdini in his 1984 book, Influence. Okay, so basically what it is, is it's a psychological phenomenon where people do as others do. It's sort of FOMO in in layman's terms. (laughs) Some forms of social proof that you might be the most familiar with are reviews, I always talk about Amazon. I mean, I don't buy anything on Amazon unless it has four and a half minimum stars. And especially if it's something that maybe I'm gonna wear or that I'm really unsure about, I look for pictures, I look for verifiable evidence that they've actually purchased that and so on and so forth. So that's a great example. But again, thinking about a service provider, maybe a counselor, if I'm looking for a new counselor or therapist, I'm gonna go on like psychologytoday.com or whatever and look up their client reviews hairstylist, gonna go look at the Google reviews. Okay, so those are all forms of social proof, but there are other maybe less apparent forms of social proof as well. And I wanna talk about some ways that you can get social proof. So one of the things that you can take action on like right now is develop an offboarding process for your clients. And you all know, if you are new here, hi, I'm Latasha, I love HoneyBook. (laughs) Most everyone already knows that. I love HoneyBook, I'll leave my link down below as always. It's a great thing to have a CRM system because you don't need to think about this. I don't need to say, okay, just offboarded Latasha. I need to send her an email and ask her for a review. And like, what if that feels awkward? What if I'm feeling low confidence that what that day? And I don't have to think about any of it. It just goes out on autopilot when I close the project. And this is done through what's called a workflow and a questionnaire. I just send a little questionnaire the first half of the questionnaire is really for me, it's for feedback. It's, hey, how did I do? What did you like? What didn't you like? Give me some information so I can make the coaching program or the service better for future clients. And then the bottom is optional and it says, hey, this is not at all required, but if you'd like to leave me a review or a testimonial that I can use on my website and future marketing materials. And most people do it. And you could choose how you wanted this. I've actually thought about maybe 
switching it up and saying, hey, if you liked the service, leave me a Facebook review or a Google review because then I can use it in two different places. So that's something that you can always consider doing. Little pro tip here, a lot of people think that to use the Google reviews, you know, when you Google like restaurant, you know, McDonald's or like whatever, the restaurant will come up with the address and directions and all that stuff. I used to think that you had to have a brick and mortar to do that and or be comfortable sharing your personal address. And that's not true. So I'm going to link directions for how to do that for an online business without sharing your address down in the show notes. Definitely check that out because you can set up a Google My Business for your business and start getting reviews that way. And I actually get a lot of leads from Google. I'm actually kind of surprised because I don't do ads or anything on Google. So it's pretty interesting. So yeah, that's something that you can do right now. Okay, another thing that you can do is write some case studies for work that you've already done. Case studies are another great way of sharing social proof. It's not a review. It's not, you know, your client saying something about you necessarily. You could add one into your case study if you have one, but really what it does is it illustrates a project that you've completed. So I have case studies for certain events that I've hosted, big ad campaigns that I've run, things like that, things that I'm really proud of. And the basic formula for a case study is just problem. So why were you hired? What was the problem? What were you trying to achieve? Solution, how did you do that? What tools did you use? What processes did you use? What was your specific role in all of that? And then results, show as much data as you can, maybe some graphs, some charts, some numbers, anything like that that you can share to help demonstrate quantifiable results. And you got yourself a case study, you know, throw in a couple of screenshots, a couple of images, whatever you need. I actually have a template for this in the social media management toolbox. So if you have that product already, there is a case study template that you can just edit in Canva. And if you haven't signed up for that yet, I will leave the link for the social media management toolbox down below. It has a ton of editable Canva documents, uh, Excel sheets, documents that are going to help you get your social media management business up and running. But to be honest with you, I think a lot of the uh, templates in there are actually quite relevant to most businesses, most online businesses, not just social media management. So check it out, link down below. Oh, and if you're wondering what you do with the case study, by the way, there's a lot of different things you could do with the case study. One, you could put it on your website and make it you know, available for people to download to visit your website. You could always add if you're not comfortable sharing all of that information, or if you don't have permission to share widely from your client, you can always just add uh, a little heading that says case studies available upon request. You could send out case studies when you are in the process of pitching for new clients, or, you know, if you reach out to somebody on Upwork, for example, I used case studies all the time when I applied for Upwork gigs. If I had a case study that was similar to the to the job that I was applying for, I'd say, hey, I've attached a case study that was in a similar field or that was, you know, I worked with a similar client, take a look at that. So you can use it in a variety of different ways. My next suggestion is to collaborate. Now you can collaborate with other influencers, creators, entrepreneurs, you can collaborate in a lot of different ways, but Basically a collaboration is sort of like an endorsement in some way. I mean, if I collaborate with somebody, if I have somebody on my YouTube channel or vice versa, if I go on their YouTube channel, I'm basically saying I support this person and their work and I sort of believe in, you know, what they're doing to some extent. So if you invite 
people onto your podcast, if you invite somebody onto your YouTube channel, if you are a brand and you want to, I don't know, maybe have an influencer host an event for you, you're going to do a webinar or like a, what do you call it? A live workshop or something. And you want to invite an influencer in the space to host it. Uh, there's so many different things you could do. And then of course, traditional collaborations where maybe you send a product to an influencer and then they post it on their Instagram feed or their YouTube channel. That is a way of generating buzz about your product. It's a way of getting that person who has influence, who has respect and all that stuff to basically say, I approve of this. I'm putting my stamp of approval on it. And it's a great example of social proof. If you're looking for influencers to work with either you know, as like a content collaboration, or like I said, if you have maybe a t-shirt company, a skincare line, whatever, and you're looking to reach some influencers, I really like this website. It's called influence.co. It is free. I'm sure they have a paid tier, but I just have a free version of it. And I can look up other people in my industry. I can look up brands and it's just a good way to sort of see what else is out there without going through hours and hours of like scrolling through hashtags on your phone or watching hours of YouTube videos. And you know, just try, I mean, you never know. Uh, often people will tell me that they wanted to they wanted to invite me on their podcast and they were afraid to ask me because I had too many followers, which I don't even have that many. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever said no to a podcast interview as long as it was in the business or marketing category. I even was on a podcast about movies one time. That was one of my favorite podcast interviews. So you never know until you ask. And of course you can also pay. Uh, I wouldn't pay podcast guests. That's not a general best practice, but if you wanted to pay somebody to wear your t-shirt or to hold your phone case or to even promote like your course or something, you could do that. Just, you know, analyze, is it going to be, is the risk going to be worth the reward and try to get an understanding of what type of ROI you would see, but you could absolutely do that. Another thing that you could do is interview your past clients or current clients or students, for example. Sometimes the idea of writing a testimonial or a review is just scary for people because not everybody's good at writing, number one. Sometimes people just put it off and put it off because it's work, right? Like I hate writing. I have to really force myself to write reviews for people, which makes me feel sad because I love supporting other businesses. It's just, I don't like writing. Sometimes people are worried that they're not doing it right. They're, you know, they, they want to, they don't know what to say other than Latasha was awesome. Like what else do I say? So an interview can be a great way to sort of break down that wall. I guess it also helps you get the answers that you want. So again, like I said, I could ask people to review me and they could say, Latasha's great. We love her and that's nice. I mean, I like that. Thank you. But it's not necessarily what my ideal clients or students want to hear. They want to hear what types of changes their business saw. They want to hear what their favorite thing about coaching was like with me, what format the coaching is. And, you know, they want to hear like these specific things, right? So if I'm interviewing, if I'm saying, Hey, former coaching client, I love what you've done with your business. Since we started working together, I'm really impressed. Do you want to come on the podcast or do you want to come on a live, you know, an Instagram live or a YouTube video and just talk about yourself and undoubtedly talk a little bit about our time together? You know, it doesn't have to be the front and center thing, but chances are if you're inviting them on your show, they're going to 
talk about you anyway. And you can ask those specific questions. Say, hey, why did you decide to invest in a coach? And do you recommend investing in a coach to other people? Why? What was your favorite thing about coaching? And you can get these little sound bites that act again as social proof. They're basically endorsing you And they're also telling your existing audience who may already be in that sort of warm lead category. They might be, you know, halfway ready to invest in coaching with you. And then they hear these results and, and that gets them over the edge. I think it was Marie Forleo. I want to say I watched a video. I'll try to see if I can find it and put it in the notes because I can't remember exactly what the topic was, but she did like a panel with some of her B-school students and it was brilliant. Like, I mean, it was just brilliant marketing. She had a panel and, you know, she really hyped them up and they all talked about their personal successes. But of course they talked about B-school and you got to see, wow, this person is operating this million dollar business. This person is, you know, 500K in revenue. This person's 3 million, you know, whatever. And you're really being able to visualize the impact that B-School had on them. So if I can find that video, I will link it. It was, it was a good one. Okay. And my last tip is to use Haro. I've talked about Haro before. It's helpareporterout.com is the actual name of the website. And it's a place where people can go to pitch to be featured in different publications. So tons of different news outlets use Haro to source quotes, as well as just like smaller bloggers and creators and things like that. I really love this tool. I wish I put more time, to be honest, because I only look at it when I'm bored, really. But I got one of my favorite mentions from Haro, which was a mention in The Financial Diet. Love them. Love them so much. I love that YouTube channel. I have The Financial Diet book, and I saw that they were looking for a quote from female entrepreneurs, and I was like, let's get it. (laughs) So here's my tips for actually getting chosen for Haro. And I say this as somebody who uses Haro a lot on the other side. One of my clients that I worked with for a long time, we sourced quotes from Haro all the time and I was the person choosing them. So I want to tell you what really stood out for me when I was um, reading through these Haro pitches. So the first thing that I'll say is read the prompt like three times before responding. Make sure that you are addressing anything that you know, specific that they want you to address. Make sure that you really are a good fit. Don't force yourself. Like I said, the financial diet article about female entrepreneurs and how to get clients. I mean, that's literally what I am, a female entrepreneur. And I talk about getting clients all the time. I mean, that is a perfect fit. I'm not going to try to box myself into something. I actually, I almost, I almost went, I almost pitched for this one that was like people who like essential oils. And I, If you watch my week in my business series, you know that I love essential oils. I have a diffuser going right now, but I'm like, I'm not really an expert in essential oils. I don't sell them. I am not like a massage therapist. I'm not, that's probably not the best fit. Like a random girl who diffuses while she works. I don't know if that's going to be the best fit. So I didn't, I didn't pitch for that one. Pitch for things that are going to be a really good fit and that really make sense. And then also are going to help you because even like the essential oil, when I was like, even if I got mentioned in this article, like what would I do with that? Again, that's not a part of my brand. I mean, I guess like wellness and self-care, but I didn't really feel like it would be very helpful for my career or something that I would want to put on my website long-term. 
Now with that, so the example of the financial diet one, I think they mentioned in the prompt that it's a collab post with Squarespace. And I was like, yes, this is even more perfect because I use Squarespace for both of my websites. I've been using it for years. I know a lot about it and I love it. So I made sure to weave that in to my my advice that I gave. So I answered the questions. I said, here's a few ways, love YouTube, blah, 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 blah. You can read the whole article, I'll link it. I also made sure to make a point about how my Squarespace website made it super easy for leads to submit their information and for people to view my YouTube videos and different things like that. So I made sure to stay like focused with their central point, which it was a collaboration with Squarespace. So I knew that if I made their job easier, they would be more likely to pick me. And that's the key. People want to work with people who make their jobs easier. They don't want to say, oh, this Latasha girl, she gave great advice, but like nothing she talked about was about a website. And this post is supposed to be promoting websites. You know, another thing just in general that you can do is make sure to just by default include a picture of yourself and your professional title. At the bottom of all of my emails, when I send through a Haro pitch, I have a link to a Google Drive folder, which has approved headshots that they can use. Actually, I might start linking to my about section on my website because I have that folder linked as well as a professional bio. So you could totally do that as well. And I also sign off with Latasha James, owner of James and Park or online educator, or whatever I call myself these days. I don't know. I have like five different jobs, but put a professional title so that they know who the heck you are, or you could link to your LinkedIn page or Twitter or something like that. Just give them another way to learn more about you quickly and understand who you are. Lastly, don't stalk people, please. Because when I would put these through for my client, I would often get LinkedIn requests, emails to my personal email, Instagram DMs being like, hey, I saw that you were looking for this quote. I don't even know how they knew my name or anything, which is kind of weird. I think they just Googled Latasha and I'm one of the first Latashas that come up. That's really weird. Like, I don't like that. I don't care how good their pitch was. It scared me. So I'd be like, no, you're not going to be a good fit. So those are my tips for Haro. Okay, so I hope that these five tips helped you Think about some new ways to get some social proof. It is really important. One of the things that people tell me all the time is I went ahead and submitted that form because I saw all of the great reviews on your website or my course courses, but especially the social media management toolbox that has gotten so many good reviews and you know, I keep them front and center on the landing page. So it's a great way to just kind of push people over that line to click purchase again. Amazon, I mean, any any online shopping, but Amazon's the easiest to, to reference because most of us use it. Most of us have at least seen it and I do not purchase things on Amazon without having a good review. So it's really important to have some of these things and it's easier than we think. I, you know, I, I really genuinely do think that it's easier to get some of these things than we think. So hope this helped. As always, I would love it if you left a comment down below. Let me know if you have any other ideas of ways to get social proof for your business. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Show notes for this episode are available at latashajames.com slash podcast and contain all of the links I may have mentioned today, as well as an invitation to join my private Facebook group, the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.